They say a picture is worth a thousand words, then how are we tied down to just one? I'm not a label, and neither are you. Welcome to a space of creative freedom, where you and I get to be exactly who we are. Join me as we uncover the layers and discover ourselves on a deeper level. Thank you so much for showing up. I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to Not A Label with the podcast. I'm your host, Avi Adjuani, and I'm super, super excited to have Taiman here with us. He's an e-commerce growth consultant, and he's also a dear friend. I met him through someone very, very special in Barcelona. And ever since I've met him, it feels like he's just opening doors. That's one of the first videos I created from the first time I ever met, met him as well. I said it on Instagram, and I talked about how Taiman has really helped me see new possibilities and new opportunities and new ways of looking at things and thinking bigger. So for me, it was very important to have him today on the podcast. But before I can say anything further, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Thank you for the great introduction. So my name is Tijmen. Uh I'm Dutch, but I'm living here in Barcelona since one year. And uh, in my business, I help um, e-commerce companies become profitable and scaling but in the same time. So I started as a freelance Facebook ads marketer. Uh, I did an internship at Otrium and there I managed as a freelancer as well, the advertising campaigns with like budgets of 5K per day. Uh, I became a co-owner of lingerie brand and there together we made a lot of mistakes and I learned a lot and then I figured out, okay, to really increase a business in uh, uh, in profit wise you need to know more than only having great ads so i always combine the knowledge uh, together and now i'm helping businesses really with their profit instead of only focusing on a smaller part of the company interesting that's very fascinating i think something that you do very well is helping people see opportunities where they're not or where they cannot see yeah. I think something very recently that I've been telling you as well is that a lot of solopreneurs and a lot of entrepreneurs can benefit from what you think and how you think because you take this sort of approach of working with bigger companies and you can help a smaller enterprise or a person even become and think like a big company like them and become more profitable, become more scalable, become more efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where does that passion come from? Like wanting to understand these new and different ways of wanting to grow and help a company. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's always important to have an impact. So when I was a Facebook ads freelancer, I was always like, yeah, I had a hard time because I had like a small part of the company where I was able to, uh, where I was able to get a certain output. And then I figured out, okay, to really help a company, you need to fully understand the company. You need to go back uh, into the essence, into their core to see if like the entrepreneur itself is having the right mindset a mindset all the way to uh are they in the position to um to skill and to have um the fundamentals that they need so i will i'm always like really result driven and i think that is the reason why i always seeing uh how can uh, how can we do things better and how can we make sure that we're always like um, go to the next steps super interesting I love that okay you said something very key here is that it's very important to understand the fundamentals of a 
business in order for them to scale. What are the fundamentals for a solopreneur or for someone like me, a creative business coach? There are so many solopreneurs out here in Barcelona or everywhere in the world yeah. that are struggling to scale, Yeah. right? What are the fundamentals they need in order to be able to start taking those steps and truly be able to delegate, lead, and become a bit more relaxed about the sort of thing that they're chasing or pursuing in their life. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. I think it all starts with uh, what's your mission and what's your vision in life. And from there to make sure that you have a product that's, that is in demand and it's able to uh, generate the results you want. So I call it product market fit. It's a term that's quite especially in the startup scene, quite famous. And it's all about, okay, you can have a product and you can think it's really good because every entrepreneur thinks their product is the best. And that's really tricky because it needs to be validated by the results you're able to get and the people that are interested in your offer. So it always starts with how good is my product? And you need to zoom out from your own business and you need to be able to see, okay, can I deliver those results? So if you're in a position to deliver those results, I think the next step is to, uh, to speak the same language as your ideal client. So that's your offer because you're going to offer something that's interesting for the counterparts. And if you have those things combined, then you will see you have like traction, you're able to get the clients. And after that, it's about putting yourself out there. And that's why I recently started with, it's like on LinkedIn, posting more content because you can have a great product. You can know where the demand is. But the next step is that people need to find you. You need to talk about what you're selling. You need to talk about what you want to serve. Well, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. For me, something very interesting about what you say is it's important to zoom out. I think sometimes when we're trying to scale as entrepreneurs or business owners, startup owners, we're so in the jar that we cannot see the label. Yeah. And that's a very interesting, that's a very fascinating thing that happens to all of us. We get so immersed that sometimes we don't know how to go about things. So hiring someone like you or having someone like you that can think bigger or think differently for us Mm -hmm. is so important. But how would you suggest for someone to do about and really say, okay, this is the long-term vision. This is the bigger picture. Focus on working on this instead of just the next step. Yeah, I think it's two things combined. So uh, first you need to start dreaming bigger than you already are doing. Because if you don't dream big, then you're not able to take the right actions that is in line with with your big goal. Because I met a lot of entrepreneurs that were like, yeah, okay, I want to scale my company 50% each year and they had so much potential and then I asked them why 50% why are you not scaling much more aggressively because they said yeah I need to be humble as well and I need to be grateful for where I am now and I the grateful part is it's really important but I think there's a difference between being grateful for what you already have and being able to uh to attract more and to want more based on your five of your desires. So you need to always dream big because if you don't do that, you're not finding the ways 
you're not able to see the opportunities to get there. So it needs to really, it needs to be in balance. I absolutely love that. And for me, the next question that comes to mind is like, how, how would you encourage someone to dream big? Like, so we put stops on ourselves, right? The sky's the limit. Yes, we know that. But at the end of the day, because of our limiting beliefs, our mindset, because of past wounds or whatever it is in our life, we sometimes put limit to how big we yeah. can dream yeah. or how much we deserve even. Yeah. We, we put limits to how much we think we deserve. So therefore we're like, okay, I'm only going to push myself till here and then I'm stoked. Yeah. And I'll be grateful and I'll be humble. Yeah. I actually heard a podcast the other day and it said, people use the word humble. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the dictionary meaning of humble is putting yourself down to meet someone else. Yeah. 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 I think it's about your comfort zone as well, because if, I think it was two years ago, it felt for me like I had a small uh, bore out, not a burnout, but the bore out. When it was like a bore out means that the things that you're doing, it's not giving you much energy and much joy anymore. And I was figuring out, okay, how come? Because I still have the same clients. I used to have, have fun in my work. And then I realized, oh, wow. The reason that I have like the uh, bore out was because I was not working with the clients uh, that I really want like to work with if I was thinking deep within, okay, what's my ideal client? What's my dream? So I was not making uh, progress in the, the clients that I was attracting. And the reason was I was like too much in my comfort zone because when I stepped out of my comfort zone, it felt like, oh, maybe it's not meant for me because I was like a bit anxious uh, for having the goal. I was like, oh, wow, they're on a such high level. Maybe I'm not good enough. And when I stopped thinking that and I'm still working on it, then it changed my perspectives. And now I'm on the table with bigger companies as well. So it's the balance between uh, not always being too comfortable. So in a way, your comfort zone can also be frustrating. In a way, your comfort zone is not just comfortable because at the end of the day, you have a voice inside you saying what you truly want is something else. What you truly want is to be fulfilled, expressed, satisfied. Yeah. But you're choosing to stay comfortable. And in that way, it has this duality. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And yeah, it's really important to step out your comfort zone because you, you can't grow with staying in your comfort zone. So if you're scared to do the sales call, that's fine, do it scared. Something that I've really enjoyed talking to you about is actually sales. I think you're extremely good at sales and you're extremely good at numbers, understanding a business, understanding how to grow in revenue, et cetera, et cetera. I could keep going on, but like you really have a good understanding on value, numbers, pricing, costing, and sales. Yeah. And I think something, some things that stick with me are like make them sell to you. Right, like this thing that you told me last time we spoke where you were like, let your clients sell to you. Yeah. You don't have to be the one convincing. You don't have to be the one persuading. You don't have to be the one bringing them into your business. Let them walk in. Yeah, yeah. I would love for you to talk about that because I found that fascinating. Yeah, I think I learned this from my girlfriend who has two companies as well. She said, yeah, people need to, to come to you because if you're chasing your clients, they feel that you need them. And if you switch like the whole perspectives, people feel like, oh, okay. Um, 
he doesn't need to have, to have me as a client. So it must be the case that he's really good and he knows what he's doing. He's able to get the results. So if I prove myself, maybe I can work with him. So even though you have not like your desired clients, you can already try to switch the frame and see what's, what's happening. That's very cool. So there's a lot of psychology there in sales as well, which is what a lot of people talk about. Okay. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to change the topic here. Yeah. I want to ask you about your life a little bit. I want to ask you about what have been like pivotal moments in your life that have defined you as a person. Like what has, cause this is not a label at the end of the day. It's not just about getting to know who you are as a business person or in terms of your wisdom in the professional life, also about who you are and what experiences in your life have marked you and made you time it yeah. today. I think the biggest thing that made Timon was the fact that when I was 12, I got the disease of Lyme. So it's a disease where you're like really low in energy. And I had periods like weeks where I was sleeping 16 hours per week. I was not able to go to school and my social life was not there because I didn't have the energy. So it fluctuated, but it, it was, I think in total, I had the disease from my uh, when I was 12 all the way to 22, 23. Sometimes I had years where I was doing well and then I was like decreasing energy. And there I really learned to, to be alone and to be comfortable with myself and um, to really understand how important it is to be sometimes alone and to think, okay, um, yeah, what do I need to do to love myself? And from from there, from that like healthy base, you can scale your company as well. So I think that's something that was really interesting. And I think two years ago, I realized why I got the disease of Lyme. Because I think I've always, always been um, really sensitive. Uh, I'm able to feel like energies of other people. And when I was 12, I felt overwhelmed because um, I switched uh, from school and I went to like a really big school with lots of people. And I received so many emotions of other people. I felt them that I was like trying to figure out how can I manage my own feelings to make sure I would, won't, yeah, won't feel overwhelmed. So... After, I think two years ago, I started to develop myself more, learn more about spirituality. And it really helped me with understanding who I am, who am, yeah, who am I and how to use it in my advantage instead of like fully block it. So now I'm like learning more and more about things like Joe Dispenza and combining it uh, yeah, with work as well. That is so powerful. And I absolutely love that you brought up topics like spirituality, self-care, self-help, self-love, because as you know, I'm deeply passionate about all these topics. Um, and for me, it's very fascinating when I see someone that is so entrepreneurial, so methodical, so technical, so efficient, so business driven, but also with that balance of spirituality, with that balance of, you know, it doesn't have to be this or that. And you found that middle ground. And I sometimes I've even heard you talk about manifesting. Yeah. I've even heard you talk about all these kind of things. 
And I know a lot of people in the startup world, a lot of people in the entrepreneurial world, a lot of people in the corporate world might have resistance to this as well. Yeah. Might have like a lot of pull away from these kind of things, especially, you know, when they're trying to scale, when they're trying to think about numbers and maths and making ends meet. Helping them understand about manifesting and helping them understand about these more spiritual concepts that really work and really help us attract the bigness we want can be very challenging for them. So, first of all, like I understand now what triggered your curiosity and spark for this world. Yeah. But how do you go about this? Do you ever work with clients where you try to find the balance between helping them manifest and think about these sort of spiritual concepts and bring that into their business? I think uh, I used it, I call it power. I use it without them telling that I'm using it. So it's really fun to see that the clients that I now work with, they're all spiritual. I can see like they understand the little subtle differences in emotions. Um, but it's not that I'm like actively helping them with that part. But what I do is always having a conversation with them. Okay, what's, what's your dream? Where are we working towards? Because they will say, yeah, scaling my business. But I'm like asking them, okay, what kind of private life would you would like to have? Are you like traveling a lot? And if you understand their deepest desires, then I can like make sure that we're working towards them instead of only working towards a surgeon, revenue goal, for example. So it's not like the spiritual side that I'm uh, teaching them how to use it, but I use this toolkit for me to better help them towards their goals. Something that I find very, very accurate about what you just shared is I had a conversation with my coach and mentor yesterday as well. And he said, he kept on asking me questions just like that. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What is the real motive? What is your dream and why do you want it? And something very common about that was that every single time I answered, it was around other people, other people wanting to scale, wanting to be more efficient, wanting to grow my business. But at the core, at the depth of that, the answer was me. Yeah. The answer was, I want to do it for me. Yeah. I want to express myself. I want to fully satisfy my heart and my artist talents and whatever it is that is within me and get it all out there. Yeah. So he said, you are the long-term of it. Yeah. You are the vision. You yeah. are the thing that you're doing everything for. Yeah. But it's so interesting how we get caught up in what we think society needs from us. Yeah. And we forget that at the end of the day, we're doing everything for this first self. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I think people think of sales like it's a bad thing. It's like pushing your products. And if you're good at sales, you're going to make more money. But the things that you're mentioning now, like you're the guy that helped you with the questions where you thought, okay, wow, this is interesting. For me, that's sales. Because sales is about asking the right questions that people come up with like, oh, wow, this is my deepest desires. So in order to help someone fully, you need to know their deepest desires. You need to know their pains because then you're able to help them towards their dream. So sales is understanding a person's deepest desire yeah. and being able to transform that into something that you can give to them. Yeah. Is that what I'm trying to understand? Yes, I think that's, that's for me sales because then it's about like creating value. And if you create value, it always translates in making money. I don't. I love that. I absolutely love the value part that you just brought it up because something that I remember from one of our conversations is time and 
I remember coming to you and saying, Simon, I'm really ready to like shift my pricing and like raise my prices and take things to the next level because I want to work with less people, be more efficient with my time, yeah. have more time to write a book or do podcasts like I'm doing today or, yeah. or really just enjoy my, my time. Yeah. And something that you directly said to me was, do you want to raise your prices or do you want to raise your value? And that really hit me. Yeah. That really, really hit me because there's a difference there. There's a big difference. And I would love for you to help people understand the difference between value and pricing. I think in order to understand like the value that you create, you need to start with uh, knowing, yeah, what's the value you create? So you need to really understand how am I impacting another person? So for example, you as a coach, uh, what do you think, what kind of value do you create? Can you give me some examples? Oh, helping people believe in themselves, helping people launch their brands and businesses, uh, connect and collaborate with other artists and creators, yeah. feel more connected because yeah. of that, um, give them visibility, give them the tools so that they can express themselves more as well yeah. and feel more confident in their skin. Yeah, how much is that worth? It's priceless. Yeah. yeah. There is there is no I, I think about this too. There is no monetary value that you can give that, to be honest. Yeah. And how are you then translating that into like a price that you uh that you offer, that you ask for your services? I think there's a lot of ingredients that I put into account. I take into account my years of experience, I take into account the kind of people I've worked with, the the value, the knowledge that I've gained throughout the year, the resources that I've gained the kind of program that I've been involved in, yeah. the courses that I've taken. So as much as I feed myself, I can raise my prices based on that because okay. at the end of the day, I have more to offer. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's how I see the value and price correlation. But I would love to understand it from you. Like, It's, it's funny to hear because you're telling me, yeah, I gain more experience and that are parts, but I think the biggest part is understanding how much value you create for, for the other. Wow. Okay. So if you understand how much value you create for the, for the other person, for example, if you're able to help them with getting more reach, how many extra clients are they generating from your, from the value you create for them? So you create different values for each client. If a client is already doing 10 million and you are able to increase their network and then they're able to scale like their company within two years, two X, yeah, you're creating more value than someone who just started. So I think it's a bit unfair to only think about, okay, those are the things I did. But if you really understand what kind of uh, value in euros or another currency you are generating, then you're able to decide, okay, this is like a fair part. Because if you're able to help me increasing my uh, yeah, uh, uh, 10x my company. Yeah, I'm able to offer you like maybe 10, 15, 20% without any doubt. So that's about sales as well, understanding how much value you create, not only like the emotional parts, but like in, in money as well. It's interesting how as soon as you asked me that question, I made it all about myself. I'm very curious to, to see how I made it all about experience and the knowledge and the courses and the things that I have done in order to be able to ask for a certain price. Yeah. But it's not about that fully. It's about 
being able to cater to the desire of the other person. It's about yeah. being able yeah. to truly, if the desire of the other person is met, which is to be fulfilled, happy, expressed, and fully getting clients, having an established business, yeah. that is the real value that you're creating, not that you're giving from courses and things that you've yeah. given yourself in a way. True. So I love the approach of like making it very personal. Yeah. Okay. And I think with those type of questions, you are gaining trust as well because they have way more clarity in and they understand their potential pain more as well. So I'm aware of the pains in my business I have, but if like I'm thinking more of it and someone asking me the right questions, I now am able to prioritize better what my next steps will be because I have much more clarity. So you're helping them seeing their solution. So that sales for me. Okay, very, very, yeah. Very interesting. I've loved listening to all of this and I'm still absorbing all the information as always. For me, I would love to also understand and go back to one of the starting questions. You said it's very important for an entrepreneur, for, um, for a startup owner or a business owner to understand their mission and vision before they can scale. Yeah. And I want to ask you that. Yeah. What's your vision as an individual, as a person, as a business, but also just yeah. as a creator in this, in this world, yeah. virtual being? I think my my mission is to really inspire other entrepreneurs and its business as well to uh, to do things that they give them joy uh, to um, to make sure that they are able to grow their businesses to make sure that they achieve their their goals their deepest desires. I think that's a mission uh, for me. Uh, efficient and I think I'm on a mission to to help businesses really understand their own dynamics their own business and from there make the right decisions but what triggers you to want to do that what's your motivation what's your why mm -hmm. why do you how have you been able to overcome the boredom that you shared about earlier and make this your spark yeah what's the what's the reason that you're doing it I think what I do by helping other entrepreneurs is that I have uh, more, that I can create more value than I think I am because those people are helping lots of other people. For example, if I help an e-commerce business, a business and they are scaling, they help a lot of clients by a moment of joy when they receive their package and that the quality of the product is really good. So. They have a great experience. So I'm able to help them by consulting to create more great experiences. That's something that this gives me a lot of energy. It's beautiful how you look at it that way as like a person that is here to spread joy in a way yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? There's the technical side of it. There's the business side of it. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is making things lighter, happier, more joyful for people. Yeah. And this takes me back to a conversation I had just yesterday with one of my clients where there was a little bit of resistance with the whole sales approach. Yeah. And, and she felt a bit like, oh, she was going to be judged or she was going to be looked at, uh, or people were going to sort of like think she's being very, very direct or asking very challenging questions. Yeah. And I asked her this thing. I was like, well, you know, I helped her see this thing, which was not being salesy or not selling is actually a disservice to yourself 
to the other person as well. Because at the end of the day, you're not helping that person shine their light bright, tap into their bigness, tap into their joy. And from that place, you're not letting just them not be happy, but you're also not letting them spread that joy and happiness into the room at the ripple. Yeah. Right? Because every human being is a ripple. Every human being has like this light of projection, just like you had with me. Yeah. You spread abundance, light, joy, when I met you the first time. And us not selling our light, our energy, and our value at the end of the day is us not allowing for that to be spread into the world. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right? Like, I think that's what you were trying to convey here with, like, spreading joy through the details, spreading joy through, like... Yeah, I haven't seen it from the perspective of joy, but I really like that perspective because for me, it's more like the helping part and you're not able to create as much value if you don't understand why they need certain things. So that's sales for me, it's like the coaching part. So when I'm in a, co- in a sales call, I'm going to tell them, okay, I'm going to ask a lot of questions and explain to them why I am asking those questions. And then it's fine for them. Then it doesn't feel like a sales call anymore. Because in the beginning, I thought, oh, I don't like sales because it's pushy. After my first sales calls, it drained my energy because I didn't like it that much. But then I realized without doing the sales call, I'm not helping them to the fullest. So now I see it more like, okay, it's an essential part if you want to help them and create the most value. So now I'm enjoying it more because there were like people thanking me for the sales call. And I was like, thanking me? I thought it was something that they were afraid of because they know, okay, they're going, they need to invest their scares. But in the end, yeah, I'm like helping people with sales calls. So I changed my perspective as well. And I still, I'm still not there. I still need to dive more into that part and to enjoy it. But I, I made this shift by understanding how important it is. I love that. I personally, for me as well, it's been a transformational journey in doing sales calls yeah. and like discovery calls or however people call them in the coaching world. And, um, it's really been a transformation as well of like observing people and their body language, yeah. how they shift when you ask certain questions and how they contract and how they start opening up yeah. and how you can even point out those things. Yeah. You can say, okay, I'm noticing something in your body here and I'm noticing something in your tone of voice or like, and how that also gives them not just discomfort initially, but also comfort because they feel seen, because yeah. they feel heard. Those for me has started to become more like a dance of observation and really like, play with the other person and meeting them on the other side of the room. And I think something very important here is to be their team, to sit next to them and not against them, to not sit in front of them, to not have to battle them, mm-hmm. to sit next to them and say, okay, let's have a coffee chat. Let's get to know each other better. Yeah. And let me help you sure. be the bridge. You know? Yeah. And well, I think it's important in sales call, people think, okay, I need to sell the products, but as we were speaking in the beginning, it's about they need to sell uh, themselves to you as well. So you can be really picky. You can literally say when someone's not motivated enough, you can literally say, I'm doubting a bit if you're the right fit for me. And then wait, silence. And then they're going to sell them to you. Then they're selling. Yeah, I know why it should because this and that. And then you're like in a position where you want them to be. Because then it's not a matter of like, okay, do they like their offer? It's, but it's like, okay, they're trying to convince you that they're the right fit. 
you're turning the you're turning the table around and you're letting them sell to you back, which is super fascinating. Yeah, and I have been trying this method actually a few times with my recent sales calls, and they've it, all been very very successful. Wow! So I have to thank you for everything that I learned from you each time we speak, and I want to thank you as well for being on this podcast. It's been absolutely incredible. But before we leave, there is this question that's on the back of my head that I need to ask you. What would you, what would you say to twelve-year-old Simon that was going through those emotional changes and that was also going through those shifts and moments of sort of where am I, what am I doing, and going through the disease as well? What you shared. What would you say to him today from the place you're in right now? I think it's trust the process, because. If I look back in the, about, uh, uh, to the period that I had Lyme disease, I learned so much that if I had the choice when I was 12, would you like to have the disease of Lyme and all those experiences or not? I would definitely choose the Lyme disease with all the experiences. So you can give yourself advice, but sometimes you're like, you're already in the right flow. And it's just trust the process and, and go for it. Beautiful, man. I love how you brought the um, spiritual balance again back into this conversation because for me, that's the perfect way to end. The birds are chirping in the background as well, so <laughs> I'm going to corner there. But I would love for people to stay in touch with you because I really, really believe that a conversation with you can really shift people's reality and can really spark something different in them. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you and uh, why should they find you? Mm -hmm. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so on my name, my full name, Tyne Glassens. Uh, if you Google it, you're able to find it. And I'm really open to like give people the l a, a little nudges because I love to share my knowledge. Uh, I learn a lot from other people as well. So yeah, just shoot me a message and I'm happy to see how can I be from great value of you. Awesome. Something that I could definitely guarantee is that he will challenge you. He will definitely make you feel uncomfortable. He will definitely ask the right questions and sometimes they will feel a bit wrong but they will help you expand and think bigger just like he has done for us today so thank you for being here thank you for inviting me thank you for tuning in to not a label if you enjoyed this podcast episode please make sure to share it with your loved ones your friends your family and anyone out there that might need to hear this thank you for being a part of this community make sure to share this on instagram facebook and twitter than any other platform that can help us make a greater impact together. Take care. Have a blessed day ahead.